This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hi there, Dr. Jen Lincoln here. I can't come to the phone right now, but we'll likely have an opening later on. Please leave me a message and I'll be at your cervix. I mean, <laughs> service in no time. Hey everyone, welcome to the Let's Talk About Down There podcast. I'm your host, board certified OBGYN, Dr. Jennifer Lincoln. And this week, I'm recording this episode as I'm actively getting a ton of hate on Twitter for daring to be inclusive and daring to say that the term woman can be expansive and doesn't have to be something that we use only for cisgendered women who are born with a vagina. And to see the people on Twitter losing their mind right now is in one part hilarious and in another part so sad to see. And I'm recording this episode during Pride Month. So instead of answering a question, I have a few things to say and I thought I would share with you. And I hope that at the end of this episode, you learn something. And if you don't agree with me, that's okay. I'm totally okay with that. I I would just love for you to listen to the whole episode. So let's get going. So here's how it started, my friends. So on Twitter, I've, you know, I've got my, my gyno gang. I've got a bunch of friends of mine who happen to be OBGYNs and a very good friend of mine, Dr. Stacey Tanaway, had posted a tweet. This was yesterday. And she had posted about how a patient of hers was having trouble accessing mesoprostol, which yes, is a medication we use for abortion. It's also a medication we use for managing miscarriage. And she is based in Florida, the great state of Florida, where Ron DeSantis is trying to ruin everything. And her patient had tried to get this prescription filled. And she had written how PSA to anyone in Florida experiencing a miscarriage. Publix is not a safe place for your mesoprostol prescription if you elect for medical management of your miscarriage. And you might be wondering, what's the big deal? So in one of her tweets, she had used the term people such as pregnant people, which is an inclusive term that I use, a lot of people use, and we're going to talk about it today. And somebody had tweeted back this tweet, quote, women, actually, people is confusing. It's not people of both sexes who would need to take medication to manage miscarriage. It's people of the female sex. And then she went on. So this person was really upset that Dr. Tanaway used the term people and not woman. That's what this comes down to. And she goes on. And she talks about how uh, this is dehumanizing language towards women and how, you know, she's just really upset at this. And this tweet, which she then, when I also wrote back and when Dr. Tanaway responded, she then basically insulted and harassed both of us and then blocked us because that's, I guess, what strangers on the internet do. But this kicks off a really important point about inclusive language. And I have covered this on other aspects of my other socials, but I've never talked about it in this detail in my podcast. So that's what we're talking about today. So number one, what is inclusive language? It's like what it sounds like. It's using broader umbrella terms when you might be, for example, speaking to large groups of people and you're not sure how everybody identifies. And if you're listening to this because you've found me by way of Twitter and all that hate and you're getting really upset and really angry and starting to curse and that and whatnot. I want you to take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. I want you to stick with me here. So here's the concept. Inclusive language means using terms like pregnant people, menstruators, people with a vagina, people with a uterus, people assigned female at birth. There's lots of different terms and different variations of this. And 
the concept is that you might use this term instead of saying mother, pregnant woman, girls who get their period, girls get their period, not because we're erasing women or girls or mothers, but because we want to acknowledge that not everybody identifies the same way that we do. And we can use language that includes everybody and erases no one. Now, I have gotten many comments who say, you are erasing women because I am not a birthing person. That's another example of an inclusive language. I'm a pregnant woman and I'm going to be a mother when I have my baby. And to you, I say, congratulations. I completely agree with you. If you are my patient and you very clearly identify it as a pregnant woman and as a mom, that's what I would call you. In fact, I myself don't identify as a birthing person. I identify as when I was pregnant as a pregnant woman. And then I was a woman who gave birth and I'm a mom, but I wouldn't lose my shit if I saw in literature or on a website, or on a social post or in public health announcements, more inclusive language, because I would understand that that pregnant person includes me too. And we can use big, big umbrella terms. And that means that it includes all the other ones in there as well. What happens when we use very specific language, like let's say we're talking about periods and we say, well, when girls get their period, we are excluding, and I don't say we're doing it on purpose, but we're excluding people who might not identify as a girl. So yes, I am saying that a man can have their period. A man can give birth. And that angers a lot of people. And I don't understand why. Well, wait, actually, I do understand why. I think I understand it because I used to be that way too. And I'm okay sharing that. Not that I got angry and outraged, but I will share when I first heard of this concept of inclusive language, I was at a lactation conference. So it was a conference for breastfeeding specialists. And someone came up to me and said, have you heard? They're trying to erase the word mother from like our journals and our literature. And I thought, what are you talking about? I hadn't heard any of this before. And she said, yeah, we're not supposed to say mother. We're supposed to say birthing person or pregnant person, or instead of breastfeeding, we're supposed to say chest feeding. And I'd never heard this. And this was what she was saying to me. And she was a breastfeeding expert. And I thought, huh, that's strange. I don't like that at all. That's terrible. Why are you, why are you erasing me? And at this time, I was an OBGYN. I was an international board certified lactation consultant. I still lived in Portland, Oregon, because people love to say, oh, that's because that's why you're there. You think these things like I'm still very much in my same community. And like I hadn't, I'm not that different from where I am standing from here right now telling you the way my opinion has changed. So what did change? Well, what changed is that I saw it in action. And I saw other people who are experts, people who are healthcare providers, patient advocates, people themselves, imagine listening to people's lived experiences, who said, hey, when you say this, I'm not seeing, I don't see myself in your content. And when you only talk about pregnant mothers, I don't know where I fit in. And I thought, huh, over this time of seeing it, of normalizing it, of thinking of it, I thought, yeah, I could do better. So if you go back to like my earliest social media posts, you'll see that I don't use any inclusive language. I didn't know it existed. I didn't know I should be using it. I didn't even know why it mattered. And now I do. And I, <laughs> I haven't changed that much other than I've thought I've learned some things and I've thought I could be better. And so now you'll see in my content that I'll go back and forth. And again, the reason I do that is also very purposeful. It's because I also think that there's other people who were like me years ago and who still need to be brought along. They still need to see 
both things out there to move the needle and to maybe then themselves become comfortable with inclusive language. And so I do that very intentionally. So sometimes I'll say pregnant women, more often than I'll say pregnant people or people who give birth and blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't change my educational content at all, except it helps people be seen. And I can't tell you for every hateful DM, like literally the people on Twitter right now, we're like losing their minds. <laughs> they're like, they're saying, they're like, you should have your license revoked. And half of them can't spell license correctly, but whatevs. They're losing their mind. But what matters to me are the people who come to my DMs and say, thank you, Dr. Jen. You said people who menstruate and I'm trans and I like your content because I feel safe here. Y'all, if using a simple term helps people to feel safe and harms no one, and I'm going to talk about what people view as harm. We're going to get to that in a second. But if it truly harms no one, why would we not do it? And I want to talk about some really interesting statistics here because what people say is harmful to them. They say, well, you're excluding me. You're erasing women. I want to ask you to pretend that we're all sitting at a table. And at this table, there's seats for only the people who have traditionally been at tables where there's power. So it's cisgendered, heterosexual, very masculine white men. Let's start there, right? It's people like me, women, people with uterus, we're going to say women to start out here. We're not usually at the table, right? Let's go back hundreds of years when we couldn't vote and we couldn't hold credit cards and we couldn't do anything. And I'm not saying it's perfect now, but but then we said, hey, that's not right. Like we should have a seat at the table. We should be allowed to vote. We should be allowed to like work outside the home when we're pregnant or we have kids. We should be able to have a credit card or be able to open a mortgage. And then we're at the table. And then, you know, let's also go back to back where, you know, we talked about enslaved people and how hundreds of years ago. That was the total acceptable norm. And that's changed. And I'm not pretending things are perfect. So here we are right now. And now this is the hill we're going to die on. We're going to say that we can't have trans people at the table. What if at a table of 10 women who identified as women, and there was one person who said, hey, I'm like you in that I identify as a woman. That is the gender expression where I feel like me because I feel like how I was born does not align with how I see myself to be. I'm a woman. Can I sit at your table? And when we make room for that person, nobody else is getting kicked out of the table. I know that there is a lot of concern that when we use inclusive language or we invite more people to the table, there's this idea that we're being erased and we're not. You still get to identify as you. You still get to say, I'm a mom. I'm not a birthing person. And the person who sits next to me, they don't look like me, may not act like me, may not have the same background as me, and they've given birth, but they don't want to be called a mom. They want to be called a birthing person. And that's okay because what they want to call themselves or what they ask to be referred to doesn't take away any of my value. If your value is so wrapped up in what other people (laughs) see of themselves, that's more of a reflection on you. And that might be a hard pill to swallow. And it may also be a reflection that maybe you've just never thought about it this way before. And that's okay. Because like I said, I was you too. And you might think this is such a ridiculous waste of our time, but it's not. It's Pride Month. 
it's maybe one of the most dangerous Pride months that we've had maybe ever since Pride began. I don't know. And for those of you who don't know, Pride did not start as a bunch of parades and rainbow gear and companies changing their logos. Pride started as a riot, as a pushback to the abuse and harm that gay and trans people, people of various gender expressions and sexual orientations, those who were not cis, hetero folks out there, they were being killed, they were being targeted, they were being harassed by people who were supposed to keep them safe, like the police. It was them taking back their power. And how lucky are we that it has become a month that's supposed to be about joy and about pride parades and those things. That's wonderful. The problem is that this year, it's a lot more dangerous than I've ever seen. And I will say, I am not the expert in trans life, trans care, pride, history. I'm not an expert. I'm just somebody who knows enough that I feel like I should speak out and have a platform. And I care. So if there's feedback, if I said something that's not right, or I'm not getting it right, please let me know. There's tons of wonderful people doing this work. I just want to amplify these messages, not pretend that I am the expert in these messages. And you don't have to be an expert in order to speak up for what's right. So here's the thing. Let's just talk about what's been going on in the world. In 2023, there has been a time like no other where anti-trans legislation has been put forward and passed in this country. I don't know about you, but we're seeing it everywhere, right? Anti-trans bills, drag queen bans, book bans. In 2023, 556 bills have been put forth in 49 states. 80 have passed. 372 can still pass. 104 have failed. And I'll put the reference in my show notes. These are bills that want to make it, you know, kids being taken away from their parents if they get gender-affirming care. Doctors being criminalized for offering gender-affirming care. Hmm, sounds like something else I've talked about before. Sounds like abortion, huh? Yeah, it's all linked. And it's weird because this all runs together. This fear of inclusive language, this trans hate, these trans bills, they all run together. And when you talk about things like gender-affirming surgery, who people lose their minds. Now, what if I told you I had a treatment that when used in the properly selected counseled patient, I gave you a treatment, it would decrease their psychological distress by 42%. It would decrease their thoughts of suicidality by 44%. And weirdly enough, it would decrease their rate of smoking by 35%. If I told you I had a drug and I put it in a bottle and it would do all these things, you would think that's amazing. We got to get that. We have to make sure that's available to all the people who need it with proper counseling and thorough workup and good follow-up. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, that's gender-affirming surgery. So for people who have gender-affirming surgery, <laughs> so many positive health benefits. Like I said, ridiculously lower rates of psychological distress and suicidal ideation. And yeah, less smoking because smoking tends to be something that is a psychological crutch. And yet all this hate and all this movement to stop it. So when you see people like Florida's Governor DeSantis having these don't say gay bills, it is these laws, it is this political rhetoric that drives the hate that is in my Twitter thread right now. Probably it's hit a million retweets, which I find hilarious. So what I'm specifically referring to 
there was a tweet by a Dr. Ahmed Malik, who seems to be a physician who hates science. And Dr. Malik has a picture of Dylan Mulvaney, who is the woman who, if you don't know her, she's huge on TikTok, documenting her transition. When she was signed to promote Bud Light, there was a huge anti-trans backlash. She's just been a force of normalizing experiences and just she's just pure joy emanates from her. And yet Dr. Malik chose to put photos of her and wrote, is this person a woman? And I replied, OBGYN here. And the answer is yes, move on and stop spreading hate. Who we did we awaken the beasts? Um, so here's how I can say that Dylan Mulvaney, who was not born with a uterus, is a woman. And there's this documentary going around right now or that's out by this guy, Matt Walsh, who I don't really know who he is other than he seems to be a very angry person. And he made this documentary. I think it's even called What is a Woman? Because people love to throw out, well, define a woman. <laughs> like they did something there. And they love to be like, well, the only person who should be able to say a woman is somebody who has a vagina and a uterus. And then there's the gynecologists like me who are like, not all women have a uterus. What if you had a hysterectomy? Or what about vaginal agenesis? Or what about chromosomal differences or intersex people? And they lose their mind. And they're like, but you can't say what a woman is. And then, so all these people right now are losing their minds in my Twitter feed and are like, you should have your license revoked. If you think that's a woman, how would you do a pap smear on the woman? He has a penis and blah, blah, blah. Y'all are missing the point. Why do you give a shit so much about what somebody else identifies as? Because it harms you 0%. This idea that people who are trans or drag queens or people who are gay or lesbians or gender diverse or non-binary, this idea that they are somehow harmful to us, that they are groomers, that they are pedophiles, this stems from the anti-gay hate from the 1980s when the HIV epidemic was hitting its peak and the amount of hate and blame that was getting passed around was hitting its peak. This is not a new tactic. To pretend that drag queens are somehow harming children when it's priests in the Catholic Church that have the most documented harm, and yet y'all still sing the praises of Christianity and go to church. Now, maybe this podcast has completely derailed at this point, but I just want to say that this idea that you have attached your fears of people who are different than you to these harmful narratives that are now being used to drive people to vote is the exact same way that the same extremists latched onto abortion as a way to drive people to the polls when civil rights and hating Black people was no longer the way that you drove people to the polls. Do you see that they are using you? Do you see that they want you to hate people who don't look like you? And this false idea of masculinity. I mean, have you all seen what people look like in the Renaissance and like the 1600s and the 1700s, the guys wearing the white makeup and the wigs and the tights? Like, don't pretend that masculinity is somehow under attack, that you are somehow under attack because somebody wants to sit at the table and say, hey, my name is Dylan. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a woman. And I'd be like, hey, Dylan, what's up? You want some coffee? It takes nothing for me whether or not this person has a uterus inside their bodies. You say you're a woman, you're a woman. Now, if you want to go the whole whataboutism, well, then what about I can call myself a dinosaur? Cool. What kind of dinosaur do you want to be today? Sir? Like, I don't care. Stay on track, stay focused. Go back to the 
basis of why do you care so much? Why do you care if you know that when this person is able to express who they are, number one, they're not harming others. Number two, they're reducing the chance that they're going to kill themselves immensely. It sounds pretty pro-life to me. So what I want to say is inclusive language harms no one. As a physician, on my social media, I use inclusive language until I know that the person I'm talking with, what they identify as, what they prefer, and then I'm very easily able to transition. I do a lot harder things every day than figure this stuff out. And I think that a lot of people can. It's just that they have been fed a narrative of, of why they shouldn't. And I would challenge you to step back and think about this. I would also challenge you to step back and think about all the content you consume, especially during Pride Month when there's a lot of hateful narratives put out there. And it's for a purpose. It's because certain people want you to be afraid. They want you to vote a certain way. They want to control you. This is all about control. Abortion bans are all about control. They're not really about abortion. Bans against trans people and drag queen bans and don't say gay. It's all about control. Why do they want to control you? People want to control others when they want to stay in power or get into power. And I don't think that's very American. <laughs> and I would ask you to think about that. And so the next time you see somebody say, how can you say that person is a woman? I would say, why do you care? And what are you trying to do by controlling this conversation? The reason I put in my tweet, stop spreading the hate, is because this doctor knew full well what he was doing. He was not trying to have some educational banter or educational insight, like, can someone help me understand this better? Put it up there. He was trying to spread hate because when we spread hate, we make groups targeted. We're able to marginalize them. We're able to take their voices out of things because the extreme people in these arguments know that they're fighting a losing battle. They know that Gen Z is not putting up with this. What they're trying to do is disenfranchise. They're trying to block education. Why do you think they don't want kids in schools to read books that might <laughs> talk about these things? Although, y'all, they all want the Bible, which is the most sexually ridiculous and violent book out there. Anywho, it's about control. And we as doctors and nurses and healthcare providers, we can either harm further coming from our positions of power, working within a system that is set up to be a hierarchy, to work against people who don't come from places of means, who don't speak our language, who don't have access. I mean, I can say that as somebody who works within this system. American healthcare is screwed up. So when people walk into my labor and delivery and they've already been harmed by the healthcare system, we are already trying to catch up. And then if somebody who is gender diverse or who doesn't identify like me comes in and has to worry that they might be harmed even further, you know what that means? It means that they're not going to seek care and they're going to have worse outcomes. So we as healthcare providers, we can either put our heads in the sand and keep doing what we're doing, or we can step back and be like, hmm, maybe I can think about this a little differently, just like I did even over the span of a few years. And in a few years, who knows, I may even think differently about other things. That is the beauty of being able to be open and to learn and to know that when we know better, we do better. And so I want to and on that note, that if you are spending more time excluding people and calling out hate, that is a reflection on you and it doesn't have to be that way. So this Pride Month, I would ask that you think about these things. 
and from a place of curiosity and not of hate and know that it's okay to sometimes for things to feel different or weird or uncomfortable. But if you're in a position of power, so if you're white, if you are cisgendered, if you have had a really privileged upbringing, you speak English, you are a documented citizen. There's many different ways to be in a position of power. But if you are, that means you're in a position to learn, to do better, to teach others, to help others who feel marginalized. And when we do that, that's a beautiful thing. So I'm going to drop some references into my show notes. And I hope that you will walk along this journey with me and know that we can all learn together. But if you spend your your days screaming at strangers on the internet, maybe don't do that anymore. You know, come on out, come out into the sun and touch some grass. I promise it's fun out here. Um, But put on some sunscreen because I don't want you to get skin cancer. All right, until next week, my friends, stay safe out there and look out for each other. Okay, it's that time where I ask you to rate, review, and follow on your favorite podcast app because we know that's how we get more people talking. So call in at 503-893-2016 and join me online at Dr. Jennifer Lincoln. So let's keep the conversation going, my friends. Call in, leave a question, and know that it's okay to have questions about your body and we're gonna answer them. 